Welcome everyone, this is episode two of the Chat Footy podcast. We've just watched the first game of the World Cup 2018 between Russia and Saudi Arabia. I have my thoughts and I'm sure my good friend has his thoughts, Mr Dave Horrocks. Hey guys, yep, I certainly do. So it's just me and Chris today. You'll have to put up with us for the next uh, however long we go for. (laughs) (laughs) So... Chris, do you want to start about, should we talk about the match or do you want to talk about the opening ceremony? Uh, I think I think we should do it in sort of timeline order and, and discuss the opening ceremony, Dave, which had <laughs> had connotations of the Diana Ross moment from 1994, let's say. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it was, it was quite that bad. <laughs> but I tell you what, you know, the thing I liked about it it was really, really short. Yeah. You know, they, if you watch the Olympics and, and the previous opening ceremonies, they go on for ages, don't they? And the countries sort of see it as a as an opportunity to show the world this is what we're all about. And I thought the no sooner that one started, the, the football was kicking off. I, I was actually looking at my watch and thinking... I, I, are they going to delay the kickoff or, or something? <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that's a positive thing I'll say about it. Yeah, yeah, but let's let's cut through it all, Dave. Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> what? Now I don't mind a bit of Robbie now and again, and I have actually seen him live, and then Sam wanted to go and take that at the um, in Manchester, and he was good doing his, you know, he's let me entertain you. And basically, what he did tonight, and it is a, you know, it's a bit of a karaoke set really isn't it but we both both discussed this and we're of the conclusion that a rusher about 15 years behind everyone else because he's not really current anymore is he yeah i mean i I guess it could have been worse couldn't it could have been further behind and gone with slade or (laughs) shawadi wadi or something like that (laughs) (laughs) but um i I don't know i I guess is he popular over there or it it just seems a, a bit of a left field one doesn't it yeah, it's a strange opening ceremony. And, and I must admit, I didn't watch it from the start to the end. I just caught the bit with just before Robbie and then all the way till the match kicking off. But unusual, unusual artist. I don't know. But that that was pretty much it. I don't think he caught it towards the end. Oh, that, right. that was almost it. It was it was just him, the opera singing lady, and and then the football. Ah, right, yeah, because I just literally got on as she'd finished. So, so yeah, interesting. Uh, if that's the case, um, yeah, I don't know, Dave. He's not going to rank up there with some of the best. It was almost Eurovision levels of um, production. You know, if we if we hosted the World Cup in England, I'd expect yeah. us to roll out someone like Robbie Williams. But it it just again can't see, keep repeating myself. But it just seems a bit of an odd one to to have him opening it for Russia. But it was you know, he's he's a good entertainer, isn't he? You know, he's 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 done pretty well off the five songs that <laughs> that are popular. And to be honest, I've seen him live as well. I actually watched him at uh at Old Trafford. Oh well that's God, not all bad Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yes. God, it must be early two thousands probably. That's a long time ago, that David. But that, that but again that was at the height of his powers, wasn't he? You know, yeah, so yeah. Oh he was it. massive at the time. Oh, was huge one. He was one of the biggest um, entertainers, as we say, Dave, as the cliche says. But uh, yeah, 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 un- unbelievable. Like saying, I don't think the set list had changed since then. 
the only thing that had changed was his haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did, I did see him. I watched that soccer aid. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I saw bits of it because obviously I was away, wasn't I? So, oh, of course, yeah. I caught, yeah. I caught the um, the king, one of my all time heroes, Cantona, coming on. I saw that bit, but uh, there's a lot of the celebrities. It's like they're fit lads, but it's like you know, don't give up your day job. Usain Bolt, he's never going to be a footballer, is he? He was pretty unlucky. I, I'm sure he had a shot that I'm sure was over the line. But uh, yeah, and 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 this yeah, some of the celebrities he had like Lee Mack on. <laughs> you know, some of them are, are pretty fit, like. But I think he obviously had him, and and then uh, Neil from the In Betweeners. Oh God, the- came on. But I tell you what, he did his best Eric Cantona uh, impression. So it went to penalties. And he took the deciding penalty. And, you know, he doesn't sort of rate his football skills at all. He absolutely buried it in the bottom left corner and then just gave like that Cantonar strut. You know, he just stuck his chest out, arms back. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, Dave, yeah. you've got to see, though. I only saw it. I didn't see it at the time, obviously. Him in the so, lineup. Yeah. Oh, what was that? <laughs> Ace on it, it's absolutely ace. He's what what footballers should do, really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that one, I I think I've retweeted that one myself a few times, but um, yes, I mean, so speaking of uh, celebrities and looking completely out of place on the pitch, um, Saudi Arabia. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, if we if we talk about Actually, let's talk about our predictions going into this match, shall we? So, yeah. so Ben couldn't be with us today. Uh, he predicted one nil Russia. Yep. I I thought it'd be two uh, nil Russia. I thought they'd do a little <laughs> bit better, but I think it. I thought it was still going to be fairly tight. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Chris, <laughs> what, what was it you predicted? <laughs> I don't know what what I was drinking that night, Dave, but it was a Saudi Arabia one nil victory. <laughs> I think you must have had a gold bullion bar uh, or or something. Yeah, it wasn't. uh, I mean, it doesn't bode well for my Uruguay tip, does it? As well, you know, I I was so convincing (laughs) in the last episode about how they were, you know, going to be in the dark horses. I'm not too sure now, Dave. Yeah, yeah. So I, I looked at the odds before the game, and they were very heavily weighted towards Russia. And I thought, you know what, Russia, they're not a great team. And in a one-off match, actually, you know, and with it being the opening game, so much expectation, the pressure could have got to Russia. I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a couple of quid on on Saudi Arabia just to just throw it out there. But after, well, actually, in the first 15 minutes, I thought they did okay. But when that first goal went in, that that was it. They just sort of they crumbled a bit after that. Yeah, they they looked like you messaged me, didn't you? Saying like you know, not in. There's many pleasant words, but the defence isn't very good. Um, and going forward, they had, they had a few. They did have a few chances at two, and they started to get a bit of belief, didn't they? And there was a couple of times there when they should have at least got one back. But you know, it, I was totally way off field, and there was a reason they were a thousand to one, Dave, because at times some of the defending they were playing it out, and you're thinking just get the ball out, and they were overplaying it, and they, that's where like, a lot of the mistakes were coming, because the central defence thought they were, they were trying to play as Beckenbauer, and they were playing more like Chris Smalling, so it's just like, <laughs> you know, just don't do it, just get the ball out, it was really, I just thought the whole setup, and there was loads of space for the Russians on the right wing. 
So I thought the the technique of their players wasn't actually that bad, but their decision making was awful. And like you were saying there, just playing it around at the back when it it, it doesn't need it, just get it forward. But there was sometimes when there'd be like a cross field ball coming, and the Saudi winger, whether it was the right or the left, just kill it dead right there on the wing and then you know they they were quite tricky i th- i think what i'd say is that obviously in possession so they obviously work a lot all you know in their training in their coaching sessions they all probably have their own ball and they work with it yeah yeah but when they're out of possession they don't defend as a team at all and you know, and they don't handle the transition. That I, th- I think it was the second goal, um, and and actually after the first goal, they got they almost got caught out, and there was an offside, blatant offside that wasn't called. They just don't get back in numbers, and so yeah, I th- I thought I, I think everyone obviously they've they've been pounded five nil, so everyone's laying into them how rubbish they are. But I do think on the ball they were okay. But they obviously they can't defend, <laughs> and then when they get near the goal, they were just making awful decisions. They they just looked like they had no idea what to do, you know. Yes. They're shooting from ridiculous angles, miles over the bar, and it it was just it, it doesn't bode well for them. They they've got Uruguay coming up next, and uh, Luis Suarez must be licking his lips. Look at his lips. Look at his neck. <laughs> I was, was going to say licking his lips or gnashing his teeth. I'm not sure which. Probably a bit of both. But you know, I, I was again. I was thinking I might have a quick, quick look at Luis Suarez for the top goal scorer because if he bags about five, you know, yeah, you'd be on there. You'd be right up there. Normally, top goal scorer. They they don't get more than ten, do they? No, I think the most. I, well, I don't think we have we seen ten recently at all. I, I don't think so. I'm always thinking it's it's somewhere in between seven and nine, isn't it? Typically, it's got to be. Yeah, I, I mean, I know going back to the nineties, like we mentioned the other day, Lineker and that we're talking like oh the eighty six. We're talking like five goals, aren't you? Something yeah, like that. And that yeah. that's and that's a a good return, but. No, interesting. But Dave, I've got to mention. I know we we're talking about the game, but there was one thing that was more controversial than Robbie Williams. The, what was going on with the Saudi defence and the whole game? What was going on with the referee's haircut? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell him that though. <laughs> <laughs> See the size of him. I know. I know. But the, the haircut was just like it, it was he's gone. He's, he's totally lost his head. But he'd, he'd done a Bobby Cholton with. Grecian 2000, stuck it down. It just looked awful. When I saw it again, I thought, I've got to rewind that. And I had to rewind it on Sky. I was thinking, surely that's not real. And, and it, yeah, we've seen probably the worst act of uh, trying to keep your hair. You just shave it off, I think, is the best thing to do. Yeah. I, don't, I, did, I didn't hear on the commentary. What country was he from? Do you know, did you hear? I don't know, Dave. I don't know. Um, not, I'm not sure. Not with fashion, presumably. <laughs> no. Like Georgia, maybe, or some Albania. I, I don't know. Probably get death threats from those countries now. But um, yeah, Komovski, I think it was. Dave. He, he was. He was a beast, though. Yeah, he was a big you know, I, was, I was thinking of the the Italian referee um, 
oh, what's his name? The ball fella. Kalini. Kalina. <laughs> you know, and just thinking, you know, no one messed with him either. And I, I can't imagine many have messed with this one. No, it's a very strange. But again, I agree. I mean, on Dave, you know the first goal. Obviously, it was a header. Yeah, did, yeah. Did you not think it was a VAR. I, th- I, there? yeah, absolutely. So in real time, I thought he's he's pushed that defender over. So the fact that they they carried on, I was like, hang about. We've just, I just heard that they're going to be doing every goal, every major decision. They're going to VAR it. And I'm thinking. Hang about is this is this home advantage here? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I thought. Yeah, in the VAR room, are they all Russian? You know, it's like yeah, yeah good goal. Um, yeah. But when you saw it on the replay, it just kind of fell over. And I, yeah. I tell you what, any Premier League manager would be absolutely tearing strips off that defender, wouldn't they? I mean, yeah, in fact, I don't, I don't. I think he was he was the winger, wasn't he? Come back, but. Yeah, it was awful. It, it it was pretty bad. I mean, it you say he lost his foot, but you don't ever really see that, do you? No, no, you don't. I mean, it, like I say, in real time, at real speed, I thought, hey, hang on a minute. I and mean, I was thinking the same. Here we go. It's going to be home advantage for this yeah, tournament yeah. all the way, which will which will sort of navigate them to the semi-finals, thinking that Abramovich or Putin and you know raining confetti down on people, sort of thing. So I. I I did, but like you say, when you see it, it was just pathetic. It was a great header, uh, old school header, really. You don't see many yeah, of them. Like yeah. So, yeah, I've got no issue with that. And after that, it was just, he had chance after chance for about 20 minutes rushing, didn't he? There was loads of ways they were getting around the back of their fullbacks. Did you see it kept going up to uh, a shot of Putin and yes. the, Saudi, the Saudi guy? And I thought, oh, God, I'm so glad I'm not politician because you know is is it standard etiquette that you know you've just got to it doesn't matter whether you've scored a goal or just conceded a goal you've got to do that open palmed gesture you know yeah because they were both doing it exactly the same gesture to each other you know it's like from Putin's side it's almost like sorry and uh, you know the other guy's like oh well done you know, but that open palm thing, and I was like, yeah. you know what? I'd love to see you know Putin just jump out of his seat, arms aloft in the air, get it right in his face, just like yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like any normal person would yeah. do, wouldn't they? Like, yeah, you know, someone off Arsenal fan TV or something. Yes, come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they can I'm sure they did it for the second and third goal, and it's just it started to grate on me a bit. It's just like. Oh, Come on, just I know I know international diplomacy and everything, but sure, a bit of emotion. There's no point going to the game if you're going to both react in exactly the same way. Yeah, and I think as well is that's like when you see the uh, the old classical because they have the Real Madrid and Barca chairmen's next week or presidents, and they do the same thing, don't they? It's all handshakes at dawn and everything, but and. If you're a real fan, the emotion must get the better of you at some point. I've never seen any, like you've just said, seen anyone jump up and go mad. Yeah, yeah. Or, like I say, you don't you don't have to go mad, but just a little, you know, shake of the fist. Yes. You know, something. Yeah. Not just yeah. the open palm thing. I, I just did my head in. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I am with you on that. I mean, and to be honest, it was a bit of a dead rubber from there, wasn't it? Because it was all over. Once it got the second one in, it, you, 
I couldn't see any way back for them at all, Dave. You know, there was a few chances, like I say, I thought they might nick one, but man for man and technically, there was so much wrong with that formation, that team. Yeah, I thought, I thought the Russians looked pretty good. I thought they, they've looked as, as good as they have done in the last few years. But what a second goal that was. And, um, and again, I think you know, the, the defence looked a bit daft, didn't they? You had like two of them sliding away. But that the Russian player who played it to the guy on the left who, who ended up scoring the goal, he sold him short, didn't he? Yeah. You know, so I was thinking, oh, he's going to take a shot and the defender's just going to block it. Chance gone. And then he does that deft little chip, takes another touch because he knows he's got time now because both of the defenders are, are on the grass and then just buries it in the top corner. And that's just, ah. Oh, I thought it was a brilliant goal. Oh, it was a cracker, Dave. An absolute belting uh, goal. And, and very much, like it's like a FIFA or Pro Evo goal. It was it was that good. The touches, the delicateness of it. And to be honest, Dave, it, it might be the best thing for the Russians because they've not had any competitive games while they build up for this yeah, yeah. tournament and they fell by the wayside in a lot of these friendlies. They might need that edge and they've got the crowd behind and the whole country behind them. You might see a totally different team, even if, there is, excuse me, even if there is infighting and that, you, you, it's happened before, you know, where, where, look at Japan and that, where they're punching above the weight, Dave, in 2002. So yeah, that, you know, yeah, It could happen. So they've got the energy about them and the technical abilities, whether they can sustain it over the whole tournament. So, no, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good start to the game as well, to the, to the World Cup, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I say, as expect, well, we were all expecting a bit of a drab affair, weren't we? So, yeah, to get the home nation to get an absolute solid performance in, saw a few good goals. I, I thought it was great. Now, I think it was, I think it was at two nil. I think it, yeah, it was still two nil for a long time, wasn't it? So, yeah, I think it was. It was about ten minutes into the second half. The Saudi right winger swung in. It, it seemed to me it was like a Beckham sort of cross, you know, so it was about midway into the half, yeah. but he just bends it round that back line and you had two Saudi players going for it. And then, you know, I think the first one who went for it got a slight little deflection on it, but he never really looked like scoring. Now, if they'd have scored then, I think it could have been a different game. But, you know, after that, they, they just gave up. That, that third goal was, again, just really soft. I'd have expected a decent sort of Premier League centre back to to get that away, not give him a free header. Yeah, and then uh, and then two goals right at the end there. Yeah, because I think well, I think to be fair, I know we're joking about soccer aid and that before, but that's what it felt like with their defence at times. Yeah. They were yeah. like just giving up, and and it was really poor to see him. Not even even when they make a mistake, we all make mistakes, you know, especially playing footy under that pressure and that speed, but. They just didn't seem to care. And and, and I, I, I thought, oh, these guys have gone here completely. After about 60 minutes, I thought, they don't really care what's going on on the pitch. They're just looking at the next game, I think. Yeah, I, I guess there's a small part of me that thinks, why do we have to have these teams here? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it seems daft that Italy aren't here. Holland aren't here. And we've got to have teams like Saudi and, and I probably doesn't sound very politically correct but you know it should be the best teams there it doesn't matter where they're from yeah 
It is. It should be. I mean, a thousand to one outsider, Dave. What would Holland and Italy be? Italy probably be sixteen to one. Holland would be in their high twenties, wouldn't they? Yeah. The yeah. way they're playing. I mean, it's more of it. And and on the day, they could beat anyone. So I agree. I agree again. But I suppose it's all about taking your chances, and, and you can't have teams monopolising it, can you? Because to be fair, I mean, teams like Australia and that they only get in because there's no one on their side of the world who's any sort of level. They're sort of. Uh, lower level championship players aren't they these days yeah. so, Tim Cahill's been the flag bearer for that team and Paduka and Kuehl were before him Do it, and uh, that Brett uh, what was it called Brett thing he's played for Blackburn um, I think though so the Aussies have had have had some good top players haven't they yeah and they've also they're probably not quite as good I mean that team where you had Kuehl I mean Cahill I think he's he's still going isn't he yeah yeah I, th- I think he's playing in this tournament. He, he must be drinking the blood of virgins or something. I don't, I don't know how he's carrying on going. But they've had some genuinely top-class players. And that's yeah. mainly because they've they've gone abroad and, and played in other leagues, you know, and, and done well in other leagues. And so when they get together, I mean, that, that Australian team from probably about a decade ago now is a really tough team to to beat but the Saudis just get hammered every tournament yeah. you know I, I think it was was it oh when was it it was it was a few World Cups ago now they got done 8-0 or something by Germany oh yeah yeah and they had that one goal that one absolutely amazing goal I, I can't remember the chap's name but where he took on half the team I don't know if you remember that no, at all. I don't remember that, no. It, it, they, they've had one goal. That has been their highlight. But generally, they, they come and get hide in every single tournament. It's weird, isn't it, with these teams? Because you get like, I don't know, you, it was totally played the, the way it should have done to the script, the odds, everything. I just thought maybe we'd have a bit of that World Cup magic. And, you know, it, all it did was sort of amplify Russia more than the Saudis. And you think they want to give more of an account of themselves. I know technically they're not on the same level, but you think, you know, better grit and determination. Sometimes you can catch them on the hop, can't you? And it, I don't know whether the manager, what sort of level he's played, um, he's played at, he's managed that. I don't know, but it just seemed literally they were two or three levels below him. Well, I, I don't think a lot of the, the Saudi players, they don't go abroad, do they? They, they have their own league. And they they don't typically go abroad. Now, I, I did hear, I, I didn't hear the whole thing, but one of the commentators was going on about some of the players are going across to Spain as part of some sort of agreement there now, um, but not not much. So I think I think that's part of the problem. They they're not really going out to other leagues and and playing at that level. Yeah, and that, and that shows, and that's not really their fault. It's just they've got to start branching out, haven't they? You know. Yeah. He's always going to have the investment financially there. They're probably a lot of money, these players as well, but they just haven't got it. Technically, they haven't got it. So, yeah. yeah. So, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chalk that one down to um, it wasn't a Argentina v Cameroon 1990 <laughs> opener anyway by uh, any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I, I tell you, I, I think, and, and we always need the home team to do quite well, don't we? And I yeah. actually think, you know, Russia's quite. Russia's a very proud place, isn't it? Very proud nation, and being on home soil, and the fact that you had that guy—I can't remember what his name—something of, no doubt, 
went off after about 20 minutes with a hamstring injury. Yeah. Professional footballers, 20 minutes into a game, should not be going off with a hamstring injury. No. You know, no. he's obviously overexerted himself and, and he's probably, you know, all hyped up with the, the tension and whatever. Yeah. You'd expect that, you know, when they're fatigued and, you know, maybe later in the game, but it, it seemed an odd one to me. And I, I, when he pulled up with that hamstring, I thought, all right, well, your, your tournament's over probably. Um, but I just thought he, he's probably just getting a bit overexcited and, and trying a bit too hard there. Yeah, yeah, he might have done it in the warm up as well, going too too uh, heavy. The adrenaline, the old Gascoigne syndrome. Yeah, uh, yeah, possibly. Where, you know, you, you're on show there to the world, and a lot of the players, Dave. Let's let's be honest, they're going to be thinking about moves after the tournament, aren't they? Because you know, they, what a better way to put yourself in the shot window than a World Cup? So, anyone who's not exposed there, who's actually going to be playing, you know, you know, anyone who is exposed, who's going to be playing, they, they've, mm-hmm. they're always going to have that in the back of their heads as well, thinking, well, if I'm after a move this summer. You know, someone could come in for me. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I didn't realise this, but all the Russian teams have to have at least five Russian players in the in their side. Yeah. So, you know, in the Premier League, we, we don't care, do we? No. <laughs> yeah, just whoever, you could be English, anything. Um, and a, a lot of the Russians are blaming that rule on the fact that, you know, the Russian players can be lazy and so, you know, they don't have to try that hard to get into the teams. Whereas, you know, we've got the opposite problem, haven't we? We're saying we don't have enough English players playing in the Premier League to, yeah. to pick from. So I think it's, you know, if the team's not doing well, you've got to come up with a narrative as to why they're not doing well. It, it can't simply be just this crop of players isn't good enough. You know, you have to come up with a way to rationalise it all. Oh, make it, yeah, it's just like you say, you're totally right. There's an agenda in there. And it is what it is. I just think, you know, it was an opening game, you know, a, a ridiculous ceremony, short but sweet, Robbie Williams karaoke cameo. And then we get, you know, which was a good good professional job from Russia and, and it goes on to the next game. Now, what we, we were looking at, Dave, weren't we? Um, what's the next game that we're looking at tomorrow? So the next one is, so it's the same group. So it's Group A, it's Egypt versus Uruguay. And if if Salah's not playing, then I don't think Egypt have got any chance. So I, I saw something to say that uh, Salah's been past fit. Oh, right, okay. So, but how fit is that? Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those where he's the poor Gascoigne, isn't he? Yeah. He's like, we will do anything to try and make sure he gets on that pitch yeah and so i'm just i'm not sure how fit he is actually going to be and and the thing is you know, <laughs> uruguay right up there with the likes of argentina and italy if those defenders can you know give them a few niggles that then they will do so so let's see i think if we run through what we'd said before. So, you know, you can still change if you want to change, but I think you'd, you'd tip Uruguay, hadn't you? Uh, yeah, I think they're going to win that, yeah. So I'd gone for a... Actually, we've got a clean sweep here. So I'd gone for a 1-0 to Uruguay. Ben had gone 2-1 to Uruguay, and you went 2-0. Yeah. So we're pretty much... We're, we're all thinking Uruguay in this one. Now, if Salah is fit, and if 
he's genuinely fit, not just throw him on the pitch because we can. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think Egypt are quite the pushovers that uh, that maybe some some people think they are. So uh, it'll be a good one. I'm looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, I agree with you. It all pivots on Salah and how they're going to get the service to him and, and set up the chances. He's got a cut inside, obviously, but has he got the support? You might find, Dave, that a couple of other players come into their own around him and up their game. You do get it, don't you? Because you're trying to prove a point. He's not the only Egyptian uh, world-class player. Yeah, it didn't happen in the Champions League final, but uh, <laughs> I hear no. what you're saying. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yep. a good player. I think Real Madrid was running scared there until he got injured. So, um, But no, we'll see tomorrow. I do fancy Uruguay. I think they've got too much quality. I think man for man, they've got a far better team. But yeah. you have got the Salah factor, which pains me yep. to say, obviously. But um, he's a great player. The next match after that is Morocco v Iran. I went nil-nil. Ben went 2-0 to Morocco and you went one all. Yep. Then it's the biggest match of the tournament so far. It's Portugal v Spain. Yep. And, and we'll come come back to Spain, I'm sure. Um, I went 2-1 to Spain. Ben went one all. And you went with a stonking 4-0 to Spain. Um, so I think I'm going to have a couple of quid on Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Dave, it brings us into a nice little segue to realise that the Chris Phelps kiss of death with this uh, tournament has already started because our first news story is the fact that Spain sat their manager. Hold on. You, I, I know you want to rush to that one. So let's, we've got those are the Friday matches. Oh, right. Oh, sorry. So if, we're recording we were on, if we're recording on Saturday night, then we we should do the Saturday sorry, matches as well. Out. Cut yep. that bit out, cut that bit out. Sorry, I thought I yep. thought that was all the games. No, no, no. So it would have would have segued nicely, as they say. Right. So let's talk about France, Australia then. And I will go I'll go to Ben and, and what his predictions are uh, yeah. after the show. So I'll I'll go first with this one. You you do the next one. So yeah. France, Australia. I think they're just France are just gonna be far too strong. Um, like I say, this Australian side isn't the one of, of 10, 15 years ago. I'm going to go 3 0 to France. I, I think they're going to come out of the blocks really quickly. Well, Dave, I've got a feeling this could be the big upset that I've been, <laughs> that I've been chasing. <laughs> and I've got a feeling that the Aussies are going to channel their inner sandpaper on a ball. And they're going to uh, pull pull a two one out the bag from nowhere. Wow! Because France have got it in, and mentally sometimes they can capitulate. So I think uh, the Pogba effect could be in uh, full force on this one. Let's see. But I'm going two one to the Aussies. And Dave, are you there? So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just picked myself up off the floor. So I hope you're right. I would love to see the Aussies. Uh, get a result there against France, but yeah. I, I honestly can't see it. But <laughs> if if you keep calling enough upsets, you know one one will hit, I'm sure. <laughs> so the next one, and surely not, but the next one is Argentina versus Iceland. Yeah. What what do you think of that one? One all. Well, I mean, to be fair, one all would be a would be an upset. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go one nil. 
Argentina. <laughs> At this point, you're thinking, what is Chris doing with his prediction? <laughs> well, who knows? Um, Peru against Denmark. Um, I don't think I have a team of uh, chopping down trees. I, I, I wanted to say Denmark, I think. Um, 1-0. Yeah, to be honest, I'm going to go 2-0. Yeah, nil two. Oh, I've put one nil. So it's Peru v Denmark. So I should put nil one. Yeah, <laughs> Do, doing you out of a got you down for another upset there. And then the last one for Saturday is Croatia versus Nigeria. Now that's that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, they're pretty much two level sort of teams, aren't they? On the day they can have yeah. anyone a game. Um, I, I'm going to be on the fence. I, I'm going to call that 1-1, one, one, I think. You go 1-1. One, one. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 to Nigeria. Yeah. Good stuff. Then cool. We'll get Ben's scores and we'll have to add, add them and uh, see where, what he thinks of them, won't we? Like you say, if you yep. can get in touch, that'll be good. Now, Dave, in other news, World Cup news, um, you know I've been chomping at the bit for this one, but... Um, my kiss of death with the 4 0 supposed victory. I think Spain are going to pull on Portugal. Then got their manager sacked. <laughs> yeah. um, now, that is just, I've never known anything like it. And the Spanish FA is saying they had to do it because obviously he'd signed for Real Madrid on a three year contract after the World Cup and it yeah. dis- disrupt the plans. Sh- hello, surely sacking the manager while they're doing a picture the day before it all kicks off is not the best preparation. <laughs> I mean, that's England levels of self-destruction, isn't it? Yeah. I, I just, like you say, I've never seen anything like it. And of course, so we, we've we been up on the, we've been reporting on all the different names that have been linked with the Real, manager, Real Madrid manager's position, haven't we, over the yeah. last few weeks uh, with our sister podcast, Chat Footy Gossip. And... It it was it all happened really fast, didn't it? You know, it was announced that the Spain manager would become the Real Madrid manager, and then pretty much almost straight after that, Spain have took the decision to get rid of him. And I think you're right. I think, as as my old boss would say, a curse on all our houses. You know, I I don't think anyone comes out looking particularly good out of this. No, and and the the, the political. Uh, manoeuvring that goes on in Spain with like Real Madrid and Barcelona is also moving over into the Spanish national team because I think they're one of the main favourites. I know the Brazil are there just because of the Brazil. With really, there's not really anything to back up why they should be the favourites other than the fact they've got Neymar. Realistically, when the Germans and the Spanish are playing better teams at a more competitive level, and they're the two teams that I would have gone for, Spain or Germany, at least to get to the final. And, and you're like, it's just not the right decision, Dave. It's just absolute nonsense. It's just like, you know, sacking Jurgen Klopp the night before the Champions League final, you know, in May or whatever. It just doesn't make any sense. Or, you know, sacking Marino when we go into a final or whatever. You, yeah. just, you just don't do that. You let it ride out because all the plans and the tactics and everything have all been laid for months, haven't they? And, and following yeah, the teams. Yeah. And um, Fernando Herrero is going to go in there now with his, his own ideas and, and like Fabricas was joking when Lineker tagged Fabricas on tw- Twitter saying oh this is something for us to talk about I think Fabricas <laughs> said what do you mean I might get a call up now you know like, yeah, yeah. so very very bizarre and that's got one of the strangest footballing decisions I've ever seen 
I mean, Spain, for my whole lifetime, have had great players. Um, and it, it's only been in relatively recent times where all of the kind of politics has been put to one side. I mean, most of the there's been a big Barcelona influence, hasn't there, over the the winning Spanish sides? Yes, you know the nucleus are, are, has generally been Barcelona. You've still, obviously you've got Ramos, and you know you have got Real Madrid players in there as well. But but the majority seem to be Barcelona. But they seem to be able to put that to one side for the national team. And you just think something like this is is just completely imploding. And I don't know. Like I say, I I think. Why did Real Madrid have to, even, even if that was going to happen, wait till the tournament's finished? Yeah. Just Real Madrid are only thinking about Real Madrid, aren't they? They, they couldn't yeah. care less about the national side. Or else they'd have just waited till the tournament was over. And then, you know, oh, by the way, this, this World Cup winning manager, we're, we're going to take him. Or actually, you know, Spain went out, they had three defeats, went out in disgrace, and we're going to get someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's absolute a joke, but it's going to be good and entertaining football, whichever way you look at it, whether people go at Spain or not. I mean, it'd be a fairy tale victory, wouldn't it, for the Spanish if Ferrero actually took them all away? That'd be unbelievable. And, and you know, you won't put it past them, Dave, but I just think realistically, without my sort of goggles on, it's not the right thing to be doing at all. No, no, not at all. But I tell you what, what an opportunity for Portugal as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. Portugal. I, I always think Portugal, are like you know, Wales to England, aren't they? they? They're just kind of stuck stuck out there on the side of the country, and and they must love getting one over on the Spanish. Yeah, they must do because it's just a derby, isn't it? It's, it's that yeah, Scotland yeah. England thing. So, no, interesting, Dave. Interesting. What's the uh, yeah next story? So. I, I was just going to mention, I mean, the press seemed to be downplaying this, but Rashford's actually missed the last couple of England training sessions. Now, yeah. in the last warm-up game, it seems to be that uh, who's going to play up, up alongside Harry Kane? So it's either going to be Raheem Sterling or it's going to be Rashford. Now, personally, I, I think it should be Rashford. I, yeah. I think Sterling's a great player, but... <sighs> The game's, the game's about goals. I, I really love the way, you know, Sterling's balance, the chances he creates. But Rashford sticks it in the back of the net. And I think, you know, his last performance for England in particular just said to me, no, if it's between the two, he should be in there. But with him missing out, again, like you're saying with the Spanish manager, you know, he's, he's coached, he, they'll have gone through certain drills, they'll, they'll have got set plays worked out, you know, and, and tactics and whatever. Southgate's going to want to work with those players. Yeah, and he's going to want to have them available in the training sessions. So if, if Rashford misses a few training sessions, well, maybe he's already he's already behind, you know. So I think I think he may, he may go towards Sterling, if he continues to have this minor, what's being reported as a minor injury, but keeps him out of training. I think the thing is, though, I, I don't like the way like Danny Welbeck and that's still sniffing around the team because between him and Raheem Sterling, Sterling's 10 times the player that Welbeck is, but both of them can't finish with Toffee. So it's like, you know, Raheem Sterling had a great start to the season with City, 
But there was a lot of games there where he should have buried them even more. I know that sounds ridiculous, the way they won the league, but yeah. I'm never confident of him. I mean, he played against United, and obviously as a United fan, I was happy because we won the game, but he should have buried us at the start of that second half. And he had two clear-cut chances, and that's what you get. I remember being at Old Trafford, Bayern Munich, Danny Welbeck burst through. And that guy is, if you, if you had to, your life depended on him in a one on one situation, you might as well just uh, sign up for his funeral because that guy's going to miss it all end up. And he tried to lob Neuer when he could have slotted it in and it's a one on one. And it's like, I'm not saying Rashford doesn't miss because he does. And obviously, I'm probably more accustomed to say that as someone who's watched him all season live, you know, going to the game. But he does miss chances. But if he gets something clinical and clear cut, he's got that in him, Dave, and he can bury him headers. You know, uh, long shots as we saw the other day, one on ones. He's got that bit of class about him. If he composes himself, he will do it. Whereas the other two, yeah. I haven't got the confidence. I know Harry Kane is absolutely amazing, but you need that speed off him as well. Proper speed that's going to cause problems for defenders. Yeah, and and you need you need people around Kane to create space for Kane. If it's all very pedestrian, then then that's easy to to defend against. So I, I agree and, and, and it's not look, every every striker misses chances, but it's it's are they gonna finish off eight out of ten? Whereas Sterling and Welbeck I, I think Sterling's possibly even even a bit less, you know. Yeah. He needs sort of ten chances to maybe score two or three. So yeah. again, I think he's he's a great player, Sterling, but when you have to be so clinical, when chances are at such a premium in like a World Cup I, I I think it's Rashford all day for me. I agree, Dave. We'll put it this way. You go back years, you had people who you knew one-on-one in that situation of Betty, Lineker, Shearer, Teddy Sheringham, Michael Owen, absolute world-class. And then you got players like Ian Wright, Robbie Fowler, great club players, absolute fantastic strikers. But when it comes to the crunch, you knew that Owen and Shearer and that, and that's no disrespect to any of them. They just couldn't step it. Or Andy Cole. Andy Cole was awful for England. But it's like club level, great. But when you need that bit of class, I don't yeah. think they've got it. And that's not me digging out anybody from Liverpool or anything like that. I just think there was a reason Shearer and then Owen after him were the flag bearers for that England team other than when Owen got injured. We, he, he was the one we relied on because you knew he could do it against the world-class players. I tell you, some of those that you've just rattled off, though, we could we could do it now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, we could, if, yeah, if yeah. Kane gets injured, I, I mean, we're a bit snookered, aren't we? I mean, Vardy had that one amazing season. I, I still quite like him. He's still fast. But I, th- I think probably you're looking at Rashford, aren't you, if, if Kane yeah. gets injured? Exactly. So we're not blessed up there. And I think in the modern game, you know, we ask so much of our strikers, putting the ball in the net is is not necessarily always the top priority. So, yeah, well, let's let's see how it goes. You know, we've, yeah. we've got a, a few days yet to go, so uh, we'll see what that starting lineup looks like. Nice, Dave, nice. And then the other one, Chris, I just thought I'd stick in at the end there that the Premier League fixtures were announced today. Yeah, yeah. So so there's one that jumps out immediately, you know, which is Arsenal against Man City. I don't think either manager would uh, would look forward to that one. No, no, not at all. And uh, it's Emery's first game as well as manager. So what a baptism of fire he's going to have. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Um, what else have we got? We've got uh, Bournemouth v Cardiff. So obviously newly promoted Cardiff are away first game. Uh, yep. 
Fulham are at home to Palace. I, I think Fulham will be pretty happy with that. So they're staying in London, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, Palace, you know, not not one of the top teams. So I, I think Fulham will be happy with that. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Cardiff that you just mentioned, I mean, that's that's a tough one to go down to Bournemouth on the first day, I think. Yeah, I do as well. Especially, you know, you, they need homers, don't they, people like that, because it just sets it up. And then obviously... Uh, talking about the newly promoted team, Wolverhampton Wanderers against Everton. Now, Wolves, obviously, have got the backing of this uh, guy who George Mendes is in close quarters to. So we yeah. we have reported several times that there's a lot of George Mendes' clients being touted to Wolves because there's obviously sort of, I'm not saying underhand dealings, but there's, there's certain, you know, secret meals going on and secret handshakes and all that stuff because... There's no way they should be getting some of the players they're being linked with, and that's not being disrespectful. It's just a lot of the times the teams that get promoted, they're going to struggle, uh, and it's a good thing if if Wolves can get up there because they're a massive team years ago, weren't they? You know, so good for them. But I, I think Wolves might pull one out of the bag there and do Everton in that first game. I I think so, and I, you know what? I think they'll go into that game as favourites. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. and I tell you what, I'm predicting right now with cast-iron certainty that Neves is going to be the breakout star in the Premier League next year. Is he the one from Wolves, Dave? He, the Wolves player. So yeah, the, yeah. The, the young Portuguese lad, he is something else. And he's one of those. Him going to Wolves last year, to me, was the not quite at the same level, but not far off. It was almost the same as like when Mascarano and Tevez went to West Ham. Yeah, from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. He is a top quality player, and I think he's gonna he's gonna be a star next year. Yeah, is he the one who got that goal where he chested it, flicked it, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a great goal. If anyone gets to see that, oh, that brilliant goal. I mean, he is more of a defensive kind of holding midfielder as well, so he he doesn't you know he doesn't venture up that often. But uh, yeah, and then. so United, so you're you're at home to Leicester City. Yeah, not bad on yourselves. You're at Liverpool are at home to West Ham. Yeah, so that I'm okay with that. I mean, they've done us in recent years, but uh, again, you're kind of looking for a home tie, aren't you, to to kick the season off? So quite yeah. happy with that. I, I fancy the next games, Newcastle, Tottenham. I fancy Newcastle there. I think Tottenham have got a pretty poor record up at James's Park. Well, even when Benitez is now the Spain manager. <laughs> is he the not, Spain? Not, no, not not that he is. But I'm, no, I know I'm, what you I'm, mean. Yeah, I'm yeah. Predictions there. So yeah, yeah. he must be in with a shout, you know. So he's he's arguing with the chairman every uh, every transfer window, isn't he? That he needs more money to to invest in the team, and and you can't think his his cup of patience is infinite. So. Spanish positions open now. I, I think that'd be a that'd be an obvious one to be honest to get Benitez in there. I think that'd be a natural progression. And to be fair, he's done a really good job at Newcastle. Really good job at stabilising him, and that shows what a good manager is under the budget constraints he's had, Dave. So- well, I mean, with my red tinted specs, he's he's generally done 
pretty well wherever he's been under the constraints that he's had. Even even Chelsea, when, when they absolutely all hated him, you know, yeah. he still got them a European trophy in the at the end of the day. So, yeah, I I think he'd he'd do a great job there. I'm not sure it's a perfect fit. I think the type of meticulous preparation that he goes through, I think, is more suited to a club side. But um, I, I still think. He, if your country comes calling, yeah, it's, it's it's very hard to turn down, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Um, then we've got Southampton v Burnley. Uh, I don't, I, I don't really know. I mean, Burnley had a cracking season with Sean Dyche. Hopefully, he's still going to be there for him. Uh, I think he's the main driving force behind that team. If they got someone else, I think they drop a bit like Southampton. They've yeah, done. I know yeah. They've... stock's pretty high at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, and I know like Mark Hughes is there, but. You know, as a boyhood, absolute hero, my Mark Hughes. I just don't, I can't adhere to him as a manager, not because he was a city manager, just because I just think he's got this like arrogance and, and he's always hard done to in these games, isn't he? He's, irrespective of the fact that his teams usually kick 10 tons of you know what out of their opposition, <laughs> um, which is obviously the way he used to play for us and Chelsea and stuff, but he seems to forget that. He's very blinkered in, in defending his team and, and yeah. saying about the uh, mistakes and it comes across now even more as he's getting older. It's a shame, really. But, yeah, I don't know there. I mean, Southampton have got to do a lot to change it because he, he actually stayed up by the skin of the teeth, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah, right to the end, wasn't it? Yeah, something unusual. But then, but then obviously, the last game is then Watford v Brighton. Um so Brighton haven't really got a lot far to travel, really. Uh, Watford, Watford did well. I don't know. It's, it's still a couple of hours, I think. Oh, is it? Oh, I yeah, it yeah. Oh, sorry, right, yeah. But I mean, Watford had a good half a season and then just sort of scraped by, didn't they, for the rest of it? They just seemed to coast in games. So um, the, the, I just, I don't know, Watford. It's a good ground to go to as the way fixture. I like it when we play them. It's always yeah. an entertaining game. I think we we skipped over, so we didn't mention Huddersfield v Chelsea again. Oh gosh, Chelsea yeah. wouldn't uh, wouldn't fancy going up there. So so it's gonna it's gonna be a tougher one, I think, for Huddersfield this year, isn't it? You know, they yeah. did really well last year. It's the second season where you know people have had a good look at them playing at this level. Are they going to be able to sustain playing at that level? It'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you, Dave. I'm totally with you. Um, they look more like candidates to go down than anyone else at the moment, I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, th- I think them, I think Cardiff are going to find it difficult this year. Uh, Wolves, I think, will keep investing. They'll keep finding those players, and, and so I think they'll be fine. And Fulham, I think Fulham may struggle as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a good ground as well, Craven Cottage as well. So, um, yeah, no, good stuff, Dave, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Have we got any um, plugs at the end there, Dave? Yeah, so let's go ahead. Uh, let's start off. Since Ben's not here, I'll, I'll start off with the Grassroots Coachcast. So if you get across there, Ben and myself, we talk about coaching youth football. So Ben coaches a boys team, I coach a girls team. And we just sort of take a different subject each week and we'll go through what our experiences are and give any advice that we might have. And, and those experiences are, uh, you know, not always good. You know? <laughs> uh, so we, we talk about the bad as well as the good. But yeah, so 
we're reducing the frequency a little bit while while the World Cup's going on, but we'll still aim to get a show out every probably every couple of weeks over the summer. Oh, that's good. That's good. And Chris, about yourself? Yeah, I've got um, my gaming sort of lifestyle podcast, I suppose you call it, or my sort of lifestyle interests, which is gaming, MMA, football, WWE. Um, yeah, well, this week we have episode 48. I'm getting up to that 50 soon, Dave. So I had a couple of the streaming guys on. We were discussing the E3, which is the um, Electronic Expo over in LA every year where all the big boys, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo come out to play, show all the new games, all the possibly new consoles, which they didn't, no one revealed anything new this year, but the gameplays and game-wise they did. Uh, and we just went through that, just had a bit of a rundown. So that's on YouTube now and Mixer, but it'll be up on iTunes, I think, tomorrow, because I've not done one for a couple of weeks. We'll be going to New York, which is a slap on the wrist for me because I'm usually consistent. So. But yeah, give us a follow, Contextual Podcast. Uh, find us on Twitter at CPod78 and uh, give us a follow, get involved. How about yourself, Dave, any more? Cool. So we've also got the Comics in Motion podcast, so quite a different one. So Chris and myself, we talk about uh, movies, TV shows, and games that are based on comic books. And these are longer shows, probably a couple of hours, and we'll take a particular movie or TV show and we'll, we'll dissect it. We'll walk through it. We'll talk about the background for the comics, talk about the um background of the the media whether it's a movie a tv show or what have you and usually quite quite a bit of fun to go through those yeah and then any more plugs chris yeah dave obviously we've got the chat <laughs> footy podcast we, we do like the sound of our own voice i'll be honest but no um we have got uh, our sister podcast which runs alongside this which is the chat footy gossip podcast where we have all the latest news uh transfer speculation within the football world and we just that's just a couple of minutes each day where we just grab the best sort of news we can find out there from various uh, news outlets and sources that we know and contacts. And we try and investigate as best we can. So, yeah, if we're on Twitter, uh, at Chat Footy Gossip, and uh, our email is chatfootygossippodcast at gmail.com. So if you've got any transfer news or speculation you want to tell us about or want us to investigate, please contact Dave or myself. And, Chris, <laughs> I, yes. think, I think, so probably by the time we record next, you'll probably have edited your vlog, wouldn't you? Ah, nice, Dave. Nice segue. I will, yes. Um, I did my first vlog a couple of weeks ago because uh, I've been to New York in the last week, which, funny enough, Dave, this time last week, I think we were up the Empire State Building around this time because of five hours behind so uh, not yeah. a euphemism, just yeah no no and it's not depressing <laughs> it's not depressing me one bit um but yeah so I, i've done the second bit i'm about halfway through editing it we do it the last couple of nights obviously i've took a break because we're doing our podcast and tomorrow will be but i'm hoping by saturday it'll be live I, you know on facebook's where i got the most sort of interactions and follows and shares but it'll be on youtube and facebook so that again is part of the whatever entertainment network so Everything that myself and Dave does from this day forward, if it's anything uh, regarding podcasting or vlogging or whatever, it's all under the same banner. Cool. Okay, then. Should we wrap it up there? Nice one. Yeah. Great stuff.
U.S., back in the U.S., back in the U.S.S.R.